What's good, Sacramento? You are tuned in to Wake Up 916 with Ruthie 916. And in the house, I have my boy Mario from We Are Sacramento. Mario, say what's up. What's up with it? <laughs> with his deep ass voice. And Tell then, and then I got Johnny Ortiz in the house. I am super excited to have him here. Johnny, say what's up. What's up? Say what's up to all the ladies. Let them know you married. <laughs> what's oh, up, damn. ladies? I'm married. Watch what, watch what you say. Mario single though. Mario I'm single. Hey, I'm single all the time single, for the next, Pringle, for the next three years. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So I brought Johnny in the house because I've known him for a good chunk of my life, and we both watch each other mature, grow up, and our conversations are always deep. Um, Johnny and I share a really interesting experience together, which is a church experience. And so I decided to bring him into the, to the room just to discuss, um, a couple of topics and experiences that we have been through, not to throw any shame or any hate or any stones on the church in general, but it's just a little bit of where we came from and what motivated us, what inspired us. And, um, it's just to provoke thought, not to change the way you think about anything or not to convert you to believe anything. It's just talk and experience. So, Johnny, let's talk about church, baby. Oh, man, that's not a good song to start with. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. <laughs> how deep do you want to get about church? Well, how deep is your love? Because um, I got stories for days. Okay, let's just first talk about how how the church has a huge, huge, um, a huge impact on who we are today. Right. Like how we're free. Right. We're spiritual. We're 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 I want to say we're living our best lives. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's no secret to people who know who I am. I was raised very much in the church. Uh, Jehovah Witness, actually, from about 11 years old to my young 20s. And uh even though you're not going to throw shade, I might throw a little shade here and there. <laughs> there there's the no shade room. We, we don't throw shade. We don't. I don't feel like we need to throw anybody under the bus to. Oh no, to, no, it's okay. not about throwing under the bus, but it's about reality and what it's about, where your mind is, and and how much control they have over you. We'll talk, we can talk about that. Yeah, let's let's talk about how I can still feel sense like a little anger, a little hurt, a little a little forgiveness that needs to uh, that still needs to be applied. <laughs> if you got hate in your blood, let it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't live with it, don't simmer. No, it's not hate. That beer is good, huh? That beer is good. Oh, let's talk about that beer let's before talk we talk about, about yeah. Choice. You want to do that intro on that beer? Sure. Mario or one of you two. Um, so what we're drinking right now is People's Beer. Um, that's a partnership with People's Beer uh, Brewing Co. and OPB Brewing Co. Which, no but People's Brewing Company uh, closed down in 1972 because the powers that be didn't see it fit to have a black-owned brewery. Uh, back in those days, in Oshkosh was uh, Milwaukee was a tough place to be. Tough place to be at if you were anything but white. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's why this beer right now is very important. Everything that's going on right now, you know, this beer came out and it's legit. The people's beer. You know what I mean? So on top of the fact of its strong roots in history, let me just talk about the flavor of this beer. It's amazing. It makes me feel like a pop sitting in front of the porch right now watching my right. grandchildren. It's like it's very soul. Like it has a lot of soul in the yeah. recipe. Like yeah. it's it's good. And I ain't even going to lie. And I'm not the type to lie about stuff like that. Right. either. And Johnny, yeah. what's your take on that beer? 
oh, I'm going to head out and go get some after this. Yeah. Are you just are you just saying that because Mario paid you to say that? Or? Wait, I don't pay nobody for shit. <laughs> he really didn't. I know. I, I just I, I, I got to clear the air. He really didn't, out. though. But the beer is hella good. The beer is hella good. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to pick some up after this. This is yeah. uh, definitely right up my alley. And the yeah. can and the colors is cool, too. Okay, let's let's get back it's on royalty. the topic. Yeah, yeah, let's just get back on the topic. Oh, yeah. So, okay. And now back to church. And now back to church. No, no way. Okay, so based on my experience, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and for those of you who don't know, it's the type where, it's the non- non-fun Christians. It's the type where you can't cut your hair, where you can't paint your nails, where you can't wear makeup, where you can't pierce your ears, where you got to wear skirts 24-7 in the heat, in, in in the cold, all day, every day, can't cuss, a whole bunch of other juicy stuff, which I feel like I didn't, I didn't hate my childhood upbringings in a church. I felt like it awakened um, my spiritual side during that moment. So for me, I started off with a good experience, but then I felt like as you mature and you start getting, uh, you, they start conditioning you to believe one way and they start placing restrictions and start, um, trying to, um, trying to mold you to become the person that they want you to become. That's, that's where it started getting, getting a little interesting. Oh, I'd agree. So, uh, my backstory, you know, the, the Jehovah Witness, um, reality is all of the above. You're you're supposed to speak a certain way, look a certain way. If you have too long of sideburns, you don't get any privileges in the church. Oh no. Yeah. You can braid that, Johnny. Oh yeah. Um That's you know crazy. and I, I think the biggest thing that it taught me, you know, we talk about spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely teaches you to be a good person. Definitely teaches you to be grounded, to be rooted, you know, to be mm-hmm. spiritual. Unity. Yeah. You know, have love for everyone. And and I think that helped raise me and, and shape me into who I am, you know. Someone who loves earth, someone who loves people. I don't yeah. care what color you are. I don't care what demographic you are. And so I did a lot of good. Um, there's also a big part of the church that teaches you how to be a public speaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that gave me a lot of experience from my career Correct. and work and uh, how to get in front of CEOs and CFOs and present. So with confidence. Too. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. There, was a, there was a lot of good to it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. A lot of uh, sense of community and a lot of love agape but I don't, love I don't think above, right? I don't think it came from the facility the church itself or no. the pastors I think it came from that personal experience that you were obtaining and you were growing uh with with your creator Absolutely Yeah you know so definitely had a lot of good um I think I agree with you 100% where where I differed from the rest was you're not allowed to ask questions you know and I believe in question everything I've yeah. been like that for my whole life it doesn't matter what the subject is right so we're just kind of trained to wake up and believe that the world is what it is because we were told what it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then when you ask questions, it's because oh wow, so. <laughs> Satan, Satan's got a hold on you, and he's 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 making your faith weak. Uh-huh. But it's uh, you know when you're taught that you're not allowed to ask questions, you start to doubt. And then when you start to doubt, you start to research. Once you start to research, I would say you start doubting yourself. A lot. Yeah, you doubt yourself a lot and you, you you ask yourself and it really is not about is this who I want to be for the rest of no. my life. It's mm-hmm. really about is what this is who the I am? yeah, what is the mm-hmm. purpose? What, who am I really? And when you when you get trapped into that cyclical cycle of you can't do this, you can't do that, you 
you can't research outside of the literature that we give you, um, you're basically taught to believe what they put in front of you. And you, uh, you know, this is back in the day before the internet became a big thing, right? Being a child um, and you're not allowed to research anything. And then when you do, it's like, oh, you get your hand slapped. Um, so there's a lot to it, um, but it made me question some things and it made me question history. Yeah. You know, you're told one thing about history, but then when you uncover some things like, I know Ruthie and I have talked about this, you know, you uncover the Sumerians. And then it just dispels everything that you've ever believed in or what you were taught to believe so in. So we probably had like some non-Christians listening to what are the Sumerians? Sumerians was a civilization before Christianity. So when you think about the stories of Adam and Eve and you think about the stories in the Bible and when you can see the same stories written in scrolls thousands of years before the Bible was written, mm-hmm. you know, and you're told as as a religious person – that this book was written by God and he inspired men to write this book. Well, how much inspiration was there if it was written previously and the stories are the same, right? Right. And in many different cultures and some, some Christians would say, well, that's God, God's in every culture. and, And that's the reason why the stories are the same. But when you can put thousands of years in between those two, it makes you question everything. Right, because the Bible is supposed to be this like linear time, like this timeline. Exactly. And so once the timeline is broken, you're kind of like, okay, wait a second. You know what I mean? Like right. Genesis is the beginning of the world. So you mean to tell me that there was a whole other civilization before the world started? Like, so that's where that's where I go wrong but, with so many things. You right. know what What's I mean? your background, though, uh, Mario? I was uh, raised and schooled in Catholic schools okay. till I was. 12, 13. Um, and you feel like you can share similar experience between. Oh, well, yeah, because the, the control is the, definitely the biggest thing. Um, control is definitely the biggest thing when it comes to religion in the, in the way that is exercised within, within the cold willow, within the society of that religion. So with Catholics, it's like, you almost got to revere everything, question nothing. And if you do, you're not faithful. And then if you're not faithful, then you're, you're pretty much a sinner, but, but you know, or, or you're against the church. And so in my school that I went to was really strict. Like, you know, priests were allowed to beat your ass if they needed to, or discipline you physically if they needed to, um, the nuns, right. The nuns were some of the worst, I think, (laughs) than the priest. Um, but what I did, there were all these bad things that I saw as a child in the sense of how kids were treated, but there was also good things in the sense of there were priests that weren't physical there were priests that were like just talk to the to the younger ones were more on the progressive side they were involved with the sports and all those other things so then it's like you start to learn it's it's, it's not the religion itself it's the people that that are included you know what i mean that are involved within that and then when i moved here to the states you know that's where i left the religion like i'm a catholic still you know, but by name, I don't exercise it the same way. But I, I saw the two ladies that used to get the mass ready, arguing, calling themselves all kinds of bitches on in front of the altar. You know wow. what I mean? That's you know, baby Mario woke up. You know, like on the real, like on, on the real, like, I mean, I was 16 and I was like, wait. And then communion time came when the priest, you know, you, you eat the hostia, you know, mm-hmm. 
they were the first ones in line. I'm like, nah, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to go to confession for this. Like, you're gonna tell me that you're not all Christian all of a sudden, like. Right. And so then, then, and I was like a monaguillo at the time. Like, I was an altar boy at the time. So okay. I was there early. I saw this. Like, I heard this. Yeah. Saw this. When you when you arrive early anywhere, you see a lot. A lot of things. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, okay, church is not for me. And then I kept going to the youth group, but then they kept pressuring me to go to church. And I was like, okay, well then you're not gonna pressure me into anything. So and I I completely left the church. Yeah, you know. I mean, I I can tell you stories about once you once you're involved in the inside, right? And what I mean by inside, it's like the the processes and what they do. So, if anyone knows Jehovah Witnesses, they're really known for one thing: what it's knocking on doors. going to my house. Yeah, <laughs> giving you the atalaya, the watchtower. I, I admire that about them, though. That they're relentless. They're you know like. They're relentless when it comes to that. Like yeah. you don't even have to, you don't even have the people that are trying to get you to extend your warranty to come knock on your door like that. Right. <laughs> no, I hear you. And so, you know, there's, um, <laughs> not even renaissance shows right. up like that. <laughs> but you know, there's a, there's a big push to be this specific individual. Right. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to that subject where it's like, you're, you're not allowed to be an individual. Mm-hmm. And, and, right. and it's almost like the the stamp press to uniform and pressing mm-hmm. and making right. these these Cookie people. Cutters. But I will tell you, um, getting more involved in the church, you know, they have these big conventions and yeah. you know, there's 10,000, 13,000 people in these arenas and they're all, you know, loving people and they're all spiritual people and they're good people. I mean, I'm not I'm never going to knock them. You know, they're good Some. human most are right. good humans, right? Yeah. Um, but just don't go get this fellowship, right? Because you get this fellowship. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're losing and your job. You, and his um, family. Let's get it you straight. You lose everything. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I want to talk about for a second, you know, getting involved. So once you are in good standing, right, they, yeah. they view you as someone that's a, an upright Jehovah Witness. Yeah. You get more privileges. You're a trustee. You're trusted, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the biggest eye-opener for me was uh, I was doing security one day. We were at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, right? Yeah, you had that place packed with Jehovah. Oh, yeah. There was like, like 9,000 Jehovah Witnesses there, you Damn. know, and it was, um, I, I had the privilege, they call it privilege, right? I had the privilege to do security. And uh, I was this fellowship for the first time, I'll say the first time, when I was 16, Damn. And, oh, yeah. So, not even a misdemeanor. Exactly. It was, like a, it was oh, they no. were straight to felony. 16, dang, traumatizing. <laughs> we talk about that later. Um, but when you're told that you get kicked out of the church because God loves you and wants to reprove you and wants you to repent to come back and all of the above, right? It's all about love, it's what they teach you. But then you show up to the cow palace and you're doing security and you go into this room. And uh, you go upstairs, and there's a, a map of the entire Cal Palace. And they say, Johnny, there is a disfellowshipped young man who is sitting right here in section What's a disfellowship man? I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Ooh, that sounds nasty. You know, there's this fellowship man who's sitting in section 120, row blah, and, you know, seat X. And we need you to sit a row behind him and watch him. And uh, he may charge the stage is the way they presented it, right? So we do security. But what bothered me was they said, if he gets up out of his chair, you got to follow him. And I followed this guy for two days. 
you know, doing security for all day Friday, all day Saturday. Sunday comes around. So sickening. It, it's sad. We're sitting behind him and the briefing in the morning, they say, by all means necessary, get him out if he gets up. What does that mean? That he's a powerful man. You need to be at him. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that was, you're taught about love. You're taught about Word. nonviolence. Word. You're taught about, you know, these are people who you're trying to bring mm-hmm. back into the religion, Preach, Johnny. Preach. back into the church. And then you treat them like second class citizens because they maybe had sex before marriage Santo. or maybe they, you know, did something that they weren't supposed to do. Something I would have so got s- kicked out huh. so many times. He's bro. on F14. Let's Why get do you it think right. I got kicked out at 16, bro? Santo. Yeah. You guys, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so when that kind of opened my eyes to say, this isn't about love. Yeah. This is about control. Right. This is about controlling those who they may not be able to trust to tell the truth. Right. right, And uh, that opened my eyes a little bit. And then more and more, just the control thing. And it just, it wasn't for me. And I've always been that type of individual, even since I was it's a kid. It's not for anyone. I was like, question everything. And if I'm not allowed, allowed to question something, well, then what are you hiding? Right? right. So that woke me up a little bit. So let's get to the disfellowshipping piece, right? So disfellowshipping, they use a scripture in the Bible and they take it out of context like everyone does, right? right? They they don't read the full chapter. They don't read the full story. What they do is they take pieces here and there and they apply it how they want to. And uh, if you're not living a Jehovah Witness life, a Christian life, if you're having sex, you know, pre-marriage, if you're drinking, if you're cursing, you know, all those things. Tattoos. Tattoos. I have two sleeves now. So, you know, um, if you have your hair cut a certain way, you know, there's just all these rules. And um, so for me, it was girls, you know, being 15, 16. You're curious. Every 15 year old boy is curious and, uh, you know, mess around and find out. Right. So I got kicked out when I was 16. But how did they find out you had sex though? Because Johnny was playing hide and go get it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't. I mean, I know they got, they know everything. Cause they do. I mean, they're all seeing eye. Yeah. I get it. But how did they find out you went and told on yourself? No, no. You know, it, ha- it happened really easy. I mean, it was, I've always been the type of person that if I'm asked a question, I'm going to give you this flat out truth. That's yeah. me. That's just how so it you is. want it. You yeah. got it. And, uh, there was a lot of us teenagers in that congregation, that church. There was well over 20 of us. So you can imagine the trouble that we got into as teenagers, right? Everyone was dating someone. Everyone had puberty. Yeah, we're all going through puberty at the same time. And, you know, you mess around one too many times. That's the worst time to be at church during puberty. (laughs) (laughs) And then someone finds their Mm self-righteousness and they say, oh, I got to go and and, and tell on myself. And so that happened. So they pull me into a room and they want to ask questions. And they said, well, we heard that you were doing X. Yes. He was touching Michelle's booty. <laughs> <laughs> and was the girl part of the church too? Yeah, they yeah, all. We all oh, she was a she heathen. Yeah, she was a heathen. Oh, and she was a an elder's daughter. Oh, so you can't do that, right? Um, so she lied. I told the truth. And you're a horrible child. I was a terrible yeah, child, just right? Just because you messed with his daughter. So just because of the fact that his oh, and by the way, his daughter was three years older than me. Oh, so Johnny, let's talk about dang. that, right? Yeah. Um, but I get kicked out for telling the truth. And I, she does it. And she doesn't because she, she lies. That's a daughter. 
And then all the other kids that I was hanging out with, because we were kids, you know, we were yeah. 15, 16 years old. They all lie. Me and my brother were one of the only two that were very honest. We get we get kicked out, right? So they have all these rules. When you get kicked out, it's you're basically dead spiritually to them. Yeah. So they don't talk to you physically. You don't um, even exist, huh? No, you don't exist. You Dang. walk into the church. No one can talk to you. No one's allowed to say hi to you. You sit down. You go to the meeting. Okay, so you can still go to the church. Yep. No. People oh, just yep. People just can't talk to you. Right. So they have this rule where there has to be some time of your repentance. Right? That's so archaic. Bro. It's so like, archaic, and it's like it's like six months to nine months, depending on how bad you <laughs> I'd were. I'd be like, man, right? I'm out this motherfucker. <laughs> so you have to just go to the meetings and pretend that you want to be there. And then you have to write a letter in. This is how this is how crazy it gets, right? <laughs> at least I prepped you for the business world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me write a letter at 16 years old to the elders about how I'm so sorry for for what I did. And so I'm telling I, the truth. Yeah, you have to write a letter to show that you're quote unquote repentive. You you show a repentive uh, your repentive personality by going to the meetings, um, by being there on time, all of the above. And then after six months to nine months, you write the letter, you hand it in, they meet with you one more time, they ask you some questions, they want to make sure you're repentive. Right. And then they say, all right, well, we're going to let because, you back in. Because they can tell, right? They can tell your they heart. they can read your heart. Yeah, they can yeah. tell by your heart. A parole hearing yeah. at 16. Like, he is not Pretty a pedophiler because I could just tell. And let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. How, how I, I don't want to call it perverted. Let's call it perverted. How sickening mm -hmm. the questions that they ask i'm talking like did you penetrate her wow does did that arouse you, you? is yeah. that why you want me to go that detail right did you penetrate her did you climax wow. did she climax that might be turning them on wow that's disgusting right that's so disgusting right. so imagine a 16 year old boy sitting in a room with Three of the elders who are probably in her 50s and 60s. Was your parents allowed to be there, Johnny? My dad was in the room with okay. me. And I have to answer these questions, right? Yeah, with and your parents. There. With my dad sitting right next to me, who never gave me the talk about the birds and the bees, by the way. It was kind of like. He didn't even prep you for that meeting oh, no. either. You know, and. I would have been like, this is what you won't say. <laughs> so what was your dad's opinions of these of this? You know what? It's interesting because my dad's background is completely different. Yeah. And, uh. You know, he was in the church at that time, I think my, maybe because of the fact that he was down and out, you know, yeah. he had lost a job, didn't really have much to look forward to. So he said, all right, let me get some positive reinforcement, yeah. right? That's, that makes church sense. is good for that. Church is good for positive reinforcement. When you're first walking in. Right. And um, so he kind of clung to it. But it's sad on how quickly your parents become brainwashed with this stuff conditioned. Right. and they become conditioned mm -hmm. and programmed. And then now I'm the bad guy, right? So I'm the bad guy and I'm the one telling the truth about being honest about experimenting with life as a 15, 16 year old boy. And being right? honest, like you're taught. Right. Be yeah. honest. So anyways, the first time I was kicked out of the church, I was 16. Second time I was kicked out of the church, I was like 18, 19. Okay, who'd you do this yeah. time, Johnny? Oh, that was a whole different up. story, right? <laughs> like, whose mom did you? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's, whose wife was, was it this time? Right? <laughs> no, I was actually married. Ooh. I was oh, married. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were telling me about this one. Was getting yeah. a divorce. Didn't wait for the divorce to be final. Started dating someone else. Then I was considered an adulterer, right? But you already, well. Yeah, they whatever. kicked me out of the church again. 
and I, I will tell you this: it was tough because your family turns on you too. Oh yeah, that's the your, that's the hardest. Your family the is like hardest. Miho, we can't talk to you, but if you come back, you know, we our family will be complete again. And that is where I said no more. Hundred percent. Such a manipulation. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. No more. And I became the black sheep of the family. And what's sad is that, you know, even some of my family still says, oh, you like being the black sheep. Oh, yeah, I liked being ousted, right? I like being alone. That's what you want to, yeah. And the other thing that really, really made me say no more was this is your whole society. This is your friendships. This is yeah. your it, people you grew up with, your family. It's your community. You have no one when you're kicked out. Right. And I was like 1920-ish. When I got kicked out the second time, I was living on my own and I didn't see my parents, didn't see my brother or his one kid at the time. And, and, and we, his talk, wife. we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Let them know how depressing that was. Oh, man. How to, like you fall into depression you once sure you do. lose. I say I, yeah. I call it a death. I say it when is. you when you when you take on something as catastrophic as that, you die. You literally die to yourself. You do. And um, and you what you wonder is. This is my mom. Right. She gave birth to me. Yeah. And yet she, she's okay with not talking to her own son. You know? Yeah. This is my dad and who we didn't have a good relationship with. Still don't. Um, but how does your family turn your back on you? You know? Right. And um, I said, no more. So I said, you know what? I'm not doing it. And then my brother called me about maybe a year later. I'm at work and he's like, hey, we're going to have another kid. I just wanted you to know he's not supposed to call me, by the way. Right. Right. And I'm like, I'm missing out on my family. Yeah. I have no one. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go back just so I can get reinstated into the church so I can talk to my family. Right. And that's exactly what I did. I used them. I, I ain't going to lie. I used There's them. There's nothing wrong with that. I went back. I pretended. I wrote a letter in nine months later, got rejected. Because yeah. it was my second time getting kicked out, uh, right? Yeah. Had to go a couple more months. So I think I went. Right I think I went like ten, eleven months before they said, "All right, you're back in." I think it was almost a year later, actually. Yeah. I got back in, and that night that they announced me as being reinstated was the first time I held my niece. Oh damn! And she was already born. That's so sad. And I'm so sorry. When you start to realize on how divisive religion can be between right. you and your own blood, between you and your family. I was like done. Right. And I stuck around it for a little bit more, you know, just to make the parents happy. You know, hey, we didn't see you at Put the on meeting. Persona. Yeah. You go you to the you go to the memorials, which is once a year for Jesus's death. And you know, you kind of show. Yeah. Right. And then it came to a point where I said, Yeah, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And I remember I just uh just moved into a new place. I was actually painting baseboards and my dad calls me and he says, the elders want to talk to you. And I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm a grown man. I'm oh, on my own. I don't dad. need to talk to anyone. Right? right. Well, if you don't talk to them, they have some, they have some information because, you know, I'm already living my life. You know, I'm yeah. already in my young 20s. I'm doing what I want. Right. right? I'm doing everything that I couldn't do. Yeah. And um, I said, no. And at that point, I drew that line in the sand. And I said, well, you know what? Now you need to choose. Do you want a relationship with your son or do you want to choose your religion over your own son? And that's your choice. You need to live with that. But just know that if you do, 
You'll never know who I am. You'll never know your grandchildren when that ever happens. Yeah. And it was, it was tough. And it was, I'm, I'm sure it was hard for you to even oh, see yeah. that. I could feel your emotions. You so. know, and, and the sad thing is, is that there's still this blinder over my parents and my brother that they say, oh, it wasn't that bad. Well, you weren't in my shoes. Right. You know, you were still going to church up until about maybe six, seven years ago, they were still going. And, you know, they were the one little happy family without me, even though they don't want to admit that. So they're not in the church anymore? No, you know, they actually got out, which was a good thing. Yeah. Right. But that told me I could be spiritual. Mm-hmm. I can love people more than my parents love me, obviously, yeah. right? right. Without walking into a building, mm-hmm. without singing songs with other people, without the rules and the regulations of right. religion. Right. And I said, that's it. I'm done, completely done. And I, I started having this spiritual awakening, right? So – just to interrupt a little bit, during your spiritual awakening, you're basically fighting against yourself, fighting against what you've been conditioned to believe, conditioned to think. And so you're feeling condemnation. You're feeling like a sinner. You're feeling good. You're feeling great, but you're still so confused. So as you're awakening, you have to give yourself time and you have to be patient with yourself. You basically have to delete everything that you learned to finally get to that point. Right, oh, Johnny? Yeah. So you're unlearning everything mm-hmm. you've ever learned. Testing everything out. You're learning everything out. Uh, at the same time, you're learning self-love. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't love anyone unless you have self-love. Yes, that's so important. And it, you can't move forward if, unless you break down those barriers, right? And I'm talking like these cult-like religions. Mm-hmm. And I'll They're call, all cult. They're yeah, all cults. These cult-like religions. They do a number on your psyche. They sure do. And I'm talking like, and there's research that mm-hmm. shows this, right? I'm, I'm testimony. PTSD, all the above from yeah, those crazy. types of cult-like religions. And so there was years of me trying to break through that. I was a very angry person. Me too. And, you know, it was, I'm, five, I'm five foot six and some you five change, foot ten. Don't right? be <laughs> And and soaking wet, maybe 160 pounds. <laughs> but it was I was so angry at the world. It was like, I'll fight anybody. Yeah. And I don't give a shit who they are. Right. And yeah. that also wasn't yeah. that wasn't who I was. And so I had to get past that. And, and I went on this journey of trying to figure out who am I? Mm-hmm. Right. Who am I? Yes. And uh, that journey was really, really long. And that led to a lot of different things. It led to. And, and it had its highs and it had its lows and it had it. it oh, yeah. You yeah. battle depression. Mm-hmm. You battle all the above. You actually, you, you actually felt ecstasy, too. You felt joy. I mean, there's a lot that comes from it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, once you start figuring out that you can you can meditate and get into mm-hmm. an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. and be spiritual and, and have a, a good connection with what I call the universe. People call it God. People call it whatever. Allah, Buddha. I call it mm-hmm. the universe. And then you start to realize that there's a lot of secrets about our human race that we don't know about and yeah. how powerful we really are mm-hmm. as a human to self-heal, to self-love, to get into those different dimensions to or reality. an environment when you walk into the room. Exactly. And you start learning vibrations and mm-hmm. energy and how that works and, you don't want those low, low energy vibrations anymore. You want to raise your vibrations. You want to raise your consciousness. 
and you want to meditate more. You want to understand, you know, what really is going on around you. And then you realize how in a box you were for so many years in religion. And that makes you the angry person. Because it's like I felt like I served 10 years. I did. I served 10 years <laughs> in prison. Jail time. <laughs> right. I did jail time. And well, so like, go ahead, Mario. The difference is, though, like even here in your experience, like. I was blessed to just be a Catholic because us, you leave the church, you just leave the church. You, you just don't go to church. You don't go to mass. You don't go to the meetings. Your family don't disown you. The family doesn't disown you. The, you're, unless it's like, unless you have a mom or a father that are fanatical. Right. Now, when you're dealing with, and I, and I, and I don't call anyone else, any other religion that because I'm that religion. So I can, I'll say that. Like when they are fanatical and they're like, part of the like when, once you get to a certain achelon when it comes to like church and 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 catholicism right where you're like making decisions in your community that's where it can get a little more but i don't even think it's as bad as that because yeah. the kids still go to like catholic school the kids still go to they're just not on the other stuff of things you know what i mean they're not getting kicked out of private school because you're you know you're not this fellowship and i think that's the i think like all religions have great things but all religions have really bad things oh, that yeah. the only great thing that religions have is the presence that 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 religion is carrying that that love that um that uh in, that encouragement that that movement that spirit that's abiding in all these little religions and it's not even the religion itself that's carrying it it's the people that's what i wanted to talk about the bible uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people interpret the bible as it being a book right but it's spiritual all these stories were written just because i want to clear the air and i want to make sure that at the end of the day my goal is to bring some some light to provoke your thought to just let you like challenge yourself and challenge what you believe or you think but the bible is spiritual all these stories in the bible are meant for you to understand the relationship between the creator or the universe Mm -hmm. and 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 the universe and the creator with that person and that individual so it's like whatever relationship moses had whatever relationship uh, abraham had whatever relationship any of ruth let's let's throw out ruth whatever relationship that was there it was between them and God. It wasn't a, it wasn't, it wasn't a script for you to follow. It wasn't something that you needed to abide by. It wasn't a manual. It's just their experience with the creator. And that's how it is today. Right. Today is about your experience with your creator. Everybody's story is different. Just like everybody's story in the Bible is different. Johnny's story is different. Mario's story is different. My upbringing, my upbringing in a church is similar to Johnny. It's not that, that, um, it's not that, uh, that strong or as potent as yours but i got a lot of shade too and and there i got some stories to tell too but that today's not me today's about johnny but in reality Uh, that's a that's a pussy way of getting out of that one no i just don't want to like i don't want to crunch for time but my Uh, church oh i did the most nastiest stuff i did the most craziest stuff i got locked down and finally when i had enough when i had that tina turner moment when it's like enough is enough i i went to school and i decided to like study and figure all this stuff out for my Myself. I'm like, I didn't I'm even have to twist your arm. Huh? I just said one thing. And she went off. Hey, <laughs> wow. keep going. Well, I thought that's the keep point. Keep going. Let's I go. That was, that was good. I, I like it. But yeah, my stories is similar to Johnny's. And that's what connects us is that we're free spiritual beings. And Wait, were you Christian or Jehovah's Witness? I was a, I was a Christian. 
Would you know what's really funny is people don't know that Jehovah Witnesses are Christian. Yeah. They don't know that. But that's your title, though. And we were Johnny and I. Yeah, but we if we call you Christians, you won't like it, though. No, they're called, they call themselves Christians. Oh, really? They I didn't sure know that. Do. They're no, just Christians they just... that are one of Jehovah's There's Christians, witnesses. there's Jehovah Witnesses, there's Mormons, there's Catholics, there's everything. Yeah, I mean, and, and I've experienced everything. I've right. had that privilege, like you like to call it, to be able to walk into each church. And, and, and for some reason, for some reason too, it's like I got to see the behind the scenes and some of the stuff that I see behind the scenes in every church has had me question God, like, damn, is this really what, what Christianity is about? Is this what you're about? Because this is what your people, what your people are, are displaying, are projecting that it's about. Like, yeah. man, it's nasty. I've seen some nasty, crazy stuff that has me like, you know what? We don't need the temples. We don't need the no. churches. We no. are the temples. We are the churches. Yeah. But I I do love the community, like you said in the beginning. I love that it brings similar people. Who I think want you can the have same. the community without all that. Oh, absolutely, I you can. It, I think. I mean, no one's really brought it up, but I think religion is a big business. So I it think that's a, a that's it a big a part it is, of that's it. That's all about it's 100%. money and and control. Like yeah. that's 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 the I've, biggest thing. Like I've I've witnessed like them asking for money for a certain thing. Like let's let's I'm gonna I'm gonna just create a story. Like let's say I wanted to go and feed the homeless, right? And then the church is asking you for money to feed the homeless and people are donating money to these churches. And so what ends up happening is people are not only donating money, but they're donating food, they're donating drinks, they're donating snacks. And then it's like, okay, if you already have what you need to feed the homeless, where's the money at though? Right. Where's the money at though? Like that money wasn't even spent. Like, where's it at? Are you having fun on your vacation? Are you having fun in that car? Right. I'm like, dang, but that's stuff you don't, you're not allowed to talk about because then they'll shun you. Then I'm praying for for you, Johnny. Exactly. You're the sinner, Johnny. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, that was part of the awakening, too, with the Jehovah Witness religion, cult, business, whatever you want to call it. So when you peel back the layers, and this is what's sad is that, you know, when you talk about the religion, they have a title for that. And it's yeah. called you're an apostate. Basically, mm. you are worse off than someone who is disfellowshipped. I'm an apostate? Because you <laughs> know, quote unquote, the truth about the Bible, but you choose to speak out against it. Mm-hmm. And if a Jehovah Witness was talking to me right now, oh man, they would get kicked out of the church so fast. They'd be like, you were hanging out with that apostate Johnny? No, you're out. That's you're, it, yeah. right? But part of the research that I did on the business, you know, talking about the business right. of religion mm-hmm. was they have this book and it's called Jehovah Witness Proclaimers Book. And they, read it, they, they wrote it themselves, of course. Um, but it goes through the history of the religion and how it was founded and all of the above. What they they choose to ignore is the founder of the religion also founded 11 other religions. And the founder of the religion owned a printing company. So, oh, what's the name of the printing company? I know this. Watchtower Bible yes. and Tract Society. Yes. Right? So you own a printing company. And they have a Bible too. Yeah, the New World Translation. Mm-hmm. So you, they're the ones that print out the atalayas and stuff yep, like that. Yeah, the towers. Yep, the watchtower, mm-hmm. the the awakes. So you have a religion that is founded on someone who founded eleven other religions, who is a printing company owner who prints material for all these religions. And those religions pay him, and that is exactly. how he makes his the money. Smartest man right? in the world. <laughs> So then you have this governing body. They call it a governing body. And there's these selected few individuals that are living in New York. They call it Bethel, but it's some building in New York. Mm-hmm. I call them your 
CIO, your CFO, your CEO, right? Right. But they call them the governing body, but we'll liken it to business. These guys are in million dollar homes. Mm-hmm. The religion's making 700, 800, 900 mm-hmm. million dollars a year. And you can't right? tell the difference between Johnny works in a corporate world, uh, a corporate, a uh, corporate industry. You can't tell the difference between the corporate industry and the church industry. It's, no. it's the freaking the it's same. It's very much the same. It functions the same. And then when you realize the slavery that's involved as well, and I'll go there, the slavery, yeah. right? They have this place in New York mm-hmm. where they print their material. They have their own farm. They have their own people who do dishes, who do all the above, but they all live there. They live there for free. Mm-hmm. They also work for free. Mm-hmm. They get no salary. They get, I mean, back in the day when I, le- when I was still in it, and it may have changed now, but they were getting like $90 stipend per month. And that $90 stipend was to buy your toiletries, you mm-hmm. know, your, your deodorants but and the, all the above. They're having them believe that they're missionaries and then we're providing exactly. a roof over your head. And, and that's we're how providing they get away food. with it. And so they feel like, okay, in reality, we're paying our dues. Right. But that's not the way it no. is, boo-boo. And then when you realize that it's a company, mm-hmm. right, you right. have the governing body, which is your executive leadership team. You have your free labor, the people who live in Bethel. You have free labor in the churches because the elders don't get paid. This makes you me have so people mad. going door to door selling their magazines. And, and, you know, a Jehovah Witness would disagree with me and say, oh, we don't sell the magazines. No, you don't. But you do ask for donations, right? And right. that donations goes into a box in the church. And that yeah. box of money goes to the Watchtower Bible Tract Society. Right. So, And I'm sure the donations that they're getting will probably be more if they were selling them. True. And mm-hmm. they used to sell them, you know, in their history, yeah, they were selling them for like 25 cents a piece and all there's history behind that. But when I realized it was a business and I realized right. it was all about control and these guys are talking about live simple. And when I say these guys, um, the watchtower, you know, the, the public speaking that's happening every Sunday, they tell you live simple. They tell you not to go to college. They tell you straight out of high school to go work at Bethel. To go into the ministry, they keep you. They keep you kind of dumb. Out of right? level, yeah, they because that you, way you don't walk away from it. Right. They keep you kind of dumb. They don't want you to get a higher education. They want you to stay simple. They don't want you to know the truth. No. But then they turn around and they have million dollar homes, mm-hmm. you know, and they They've got these large, lives. yeah, they went, large lives. they went to college, so, right? And have an education. In in Mario's business world, he would say, "Well, Ruthie, if these churches weren't running a business, then they then we would be missing out on job opportunities, right?" <laughs> That's a really awkward uh, <laughs> assumption to say that I would say that because you said that about uh, immigration. Remember, you're talking about how immigration and job opportunities. Well, we're the thing about is, that. the we're thing is, though. Well, not not off talk off topic because religion and business is all in the one mm-hmm. in the one thing. But when it comes to cheap labor, is not slavery. Yeah. It can be if you're thinking mentally, you know. But like I said, like like my like the way you're saying is kind of out of context because the reason why I made that comment was because how many people don't want illegal immigrants here? But if you don't have them here, then you lose. All currency. the vegetables. But, no, not even uh, currency. You lose all your vegetables or your fruits, processed foods, anything that you eat. An immigrant had its hands on it. So, absolutely. but that's the same thing in the church world. If the, you well, lose, well, if well, you kind of like the, the way church. you put it was kind of out of context. Okay, well, well, if I, you lose the church, right? Like if we if we lose the the church facilities, the church facilities, I think we'd be better off. If we lose immigrants, we will not be. better No, no, off. no. That's okay. I wasn't. I wasn't comparing <laughs> it. it I wasn't comparing it to immigrants at all. I was comparing right. it, the structure, the the formality on it. But um, it is. 
but it is similar to 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 what you said during that conversation. When when Mario and I go on bike rides, we have the most interesting conversations. <laughs> he wants to start recording them because that's how interesting they are, and I'm game. Yeah, like I'm game. I'm good. Um. But even though, like with, with like what you were saying with Bethel, which I had no no idea about mm-hmm. all these things. I mean, and they get away with it in the sense of because they're a nonprofit, right? Um, exactly. And people are gullible. Well, if you take take the people that are gullible about it, but like you got people that are not gullible, people that are really smart, people that they could do really good things with their smarts. Instead, they decided to create the society that enslaves people, mm-hmm. keeps them down. So, in to say how how I didn't know anything about Bethel, and I go, how do they get away with it? People, because people, if you really tell people this was really going on, people won't like it. Right? You know what I mean? So, you you'd want to get rid of it, but even the people that are there at Bethel, they're so into it that you wouldn't even be able to convince them to leave it. No. Yeah. And but you know what's really interesting? You you kind of hit. A subject, which is, I know a handful of people that went to Bethel, yeah, and not one of them are is a Jehovah Witness today, right? Um, which but is I, a good thing. But I also know that there are some that went there and will never leave it. They will yeah. be a Jehovah Witness for the rest of their life, right? Because right. they're so involved. Are they Hispanics? You know, there's a large Hispanic community in the Jehovah Witness religion. People, and in the Catholic. People don't Ca- know. Yeah, most. Ca- all religions. Most Hispanics are right. religious, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just, that just comes with Or recovering Catholics, and then they become <laughs> Christians or right. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a large demographic of Hispanic um, and yeah. Spanish-speaking individuals where they actually have Spanish congregations. Mm-hmm. They have Spanish assemblies and Spanish all the above. Oh, yeah. Um and, you know, I became friends with a lot of the people in the Spanish community in the Spanish congregations growing up. That's where everyone got their girlfriends at, you know, just, just, just saying. <laughs> That's how you get real. this fellowship. <laughs> That's how you get kicked out is you go pop into the Spanish, con- con- you know, con- um, congregation, sorry. Yeah. You're and good. you're like, oh, yep, that one. She's going to be my next uh, wife. And then you get kicked out. But uh, at least you have fun. You know, there is. <laughs> It's interesting on how the religion is built. There's 7 million of them. I mean, like, there's 7 million people at the drop of a dime because they have these special needs talks, right, in each congregation. And then they have a talk every once in a while that they address in every single congregation internationally at the same time on the same day, right? And it's like you just at a – at any moment – you can control seven million people. Yeah, that's crazy. To think one way and mm-hmm. to act and live one way. Mm-hmm. It is mind blowing on how they have such control over seven million I, people at once. I feel like for people like you and I, or even Mario, that have already gotten that awakening, you have the same power to control everyone else to believe what you believe. Yeah. And so I feel like this is why we're having the conversation on the podcast is because we do want to awaken those who haven't been awoken. Yeah. And you know what? It is. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to say this. You know, I watched and this gives me chills still right now. I got I watched a lot of parents go through grief with their children and the Jehovah Witness religion. Suicide. I'm talking because they couldn't reach per, they couldn't reach perfection. Yeah. Is that what it is? You know, one of my uh, one of the guys I grew up with, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to do that to the family. But one of the guys I grew up with 
commit suicide in his mom's driveway, you know? And uh, that breaks my heart. One of the guys I grew up with shot his dad in the head in the living room. That's not normal. You know know? what that is? That's birth from trying to control a person, from trying to place them in a cage mentally, and they go freaking berserk. That's why for me, like learning what I learned in the schools, learning what I learned in 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 finding and seeking my freedom and and seeking my my connection and my purpose. That's that's one of the huge reasons why I allow my children to be who you need to be. Do what you need to do. I mean, I'm not promoting it, but that's the way you're going to discover who you are. And to even break from that cycle, to to break from that cult, to break from that condition, you're you got to do stuff that you don't normally do. Like for you, I love the fact that you're you're completely sleeved now, and that was a part of your life that you felt that you needed to experience in order to to morph into who you are becoming. And same thing for me. It's like in in a sense, you have to kind of rebel a little bit to become who you need to be, or you'll never know who you are yeah you know and um if there's any jehovah witnesses out there listening or testigos de jehovah no exactly (laughs) they're gonna come get me over here no no, they don't know where we at it's a private private location i got a machete in the (laughs) street (laughs) they're not like i have my cross no no they're very peaceful people but if 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 they can just do one thing and you know it's it's hard to tell someone wake up, right? It's it's hard right. to say wake up when man, you've been programmed. What am I waking up from? <laughs> right, it's all you've known, right? Um, but it it really is. You know, I believe in research everything, mm-hmm. right? Research everything from our government to politics to our facts, history to facts. Bible to your beliefs to mm-hmm. and I'll go there. Whether you want to believe the Earth is flat or round or has layers or has a center or right. has underground, I mean, there's so many things you can research, right? But the one thing that I can just give advice to them is just be that person for at least 30 days. Yeah. Go outside the box and do some Color research. Outside the box. You know, and and I know that you're told not to. I know that you're told that if you do that you're you're questioning your faith, but you got to You're do doubting it. God. Question your faith for <laughs> right. for a little bit yeah. and do some research. Yeah, you and, have to. and wake up. Um I feel like a lot of people have that desire. So many so many people, it doesn't even matter what denomination you're with. Yeah. You have that desire to want to experience life and you were created to be you're created to make mistakes you're created to have this experience in life and and it's your spirit wanting you to go out and you're you're containing yourself you're withholding yourself and you'll never become the person who you were meant to be because you're too busy trying to be like your pastor and that's one of the things i posted on my facebook page was that it's sad how loyal these people are to their pastors than they are to their own god or universe but you know what that's the world right so we can liken it to what's going on right now in our history, 2020 is one of the worst years ever. I think it's right? my best year. So we have we have COVID, we have riots, we have the smoke, racial <laughs> prejudice. Mm-hmm. We have the the narrative, the mainstream media. You have right versus left. You have you know Democrat versus Republic. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. Trump versus Biden. Mask or no mask. You know you have so much division. And the sad thing is, is that you have the majority of the world that are asleep they turn on their tv and they watch the mainstream media you know they they watch the mainstream media and they believe everything that they're (sighs) taught yeah and that's the same thing with religion same exact thing they're poisoning themselves you're just believing one narrative 
why don't you just go get some more information and actually critical think. Right. right? right. Critical thinking is very, very rare these days. And, and it's kind of like that programming, right? your subconscious bias, the subconscious programming that you get is you go to school, you don't question the teacher. Right. You, you don't, don't question, question your parents. You don't question your parents. Yeah. You go to church, you don't question the religion. Right. Um, you don't question history because in my opinion, they don't want you to know so the they're real playing, history. They're placing barriers. They're already building those walls for you to not even think outside of the bar- box just by, like, by I'll even tell you like a little anecdote. Um, I used to live with a Christian family at some point um, when I first moved out here. So I just found a room. I was like, okay, cool. I'm a, you know, they're cool. They seem cool. I'm going to do it. Um, you know, and then we would always get into these conversations that would always bring up religion. I'm not one to bring up religion because it's none of my business. You know what I mean? Um, no pun intended, you know, but it's none of my business, but they would always tell me all these things and what they believed in. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. And they would always see like comment because I always have a lot of books. I have a lot of books in my house. I have a lot of books here, you know, and they saw that I have a lot of books and they were like, Oh, you know, the only book you need to read is the Bible. And I said, uh, no, because and that's how I came to the conjuncture. That's like, if you keep reading the same thing that agrees with your ideals, that's all you're going to believe. That's all you're going to put out there. Right. You got to start reading things that, that not only question your belief, but also challenge whatever it is that you believe in for the simple fact that then you're able to have a, a rational response and answer to, to whatever you deal with in your everyday life. And right. I think that's what people are missing. The critical thinking part, the don't react like a knee, like a knee jerk. You know what I mean? You just got to kind of think about things first and then kind of have your reaction. You know, it's, it's very important to be diplomatic about a lot of things, including right. religion, politics. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're missing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so to even finish that part off, like I, I lived with them for two years. I never brought anyone there. The only people that would come there were my kids. And then, you know, I brought someone over two weekends in a row. Same and girl, the, different girls? No, same girl. Okay. Same girl. <laughs> just, um, had, just had to ask. Same girl. <laughs> same She's trying girl. to figure out your game right, right now. Uh-huh. Same girl brought, brought her there. The, after the second weekend, they wrote me a letter and told me that, you know, they were going to need the room back because some so reasons and they couldn't. And I was like, and I'm not even their religion. Wait, were you making noise? Were you no, in the bed frame? No, the, the <laughs> problem. Here's the problem. Here's here's where here's the problem that I didn't even do anything. Dang, you should have made it worth it at least, bro. I didn't even do, bro. I didn't even do anything. But it was the perception that you it was the perception a that I was being a sinner, yeah, and I was I'm like, sorry, I'm not even on your religion. And so that would lead me the moral of the story. Would you're be, bringing this espiritu in la casa, right? You're but, bringing the spirit in the home. But the moral, the moral of the story is, I think the biggest qualm that I've ever had with any religion, be it Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian, Catholic, mm-hmm. whatever, is that the judgment that oh, it yeah. makes you have towards other people. When if we're going to be real about it, and you know, if you're really following your religion, the Bible says only God can judge you, right. but yet you as an individual choose mm-hmm. to judge other people on right. their behavior when yep. that's something that God doesn't. It's like we select, we, we're very selective about what we follow and that's what's mm-hmm. wrong with it. You know what I mean? So it's, that's my biggest, biggest, biggest qualm in it. Cause I'll be honest, even when I, someone would tell me, Oh yeah, my Jehovah's Witness and I know how I am and how I play around. I'm like, Oh shit, I can't play around with them like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they'll be like, Oh no, but they're hella cool. And they're like, they're like, no, Mario is cool. Like you can, I'm like, cause I talk a lot of shit, bro. You know, and I, and I talk about all the shit that is not, nah, nah, it's fine. And it's almost like they're living by curiously about what I say. Cause yeah. they can't do nothing.
none of that. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I, that's I'll, sad. and I'll show up every week and like, you oh, bring man. life to them. And like, that's so sad. They're like, no, Mario, it's fine. Like, I'm like, all right, man, I'm just saying, I don't want you to get in trouble. But yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you, you hit on a good subject too, which is so many Jehovah Witnesses. Let's say religions. Because it's not just Jehovah yes, Witnesses. But so many people who are involved in religion mm -hmm. lead what they call a double life. Right? They do. A secret life. Pretend to be one person in right. church. And then you're a completely different right. person outside. I mean, why? Why because even they bother? want to be able to experience it. But, yeah, but why even bother? Why even bother going to church? Because they have some type of connection or tied with the church. Mm. Either it's their family's it's church. It's usually the family. Or, uh, or they're married to someone. In right. The, in, and it's like the, the married one. Oh, man, that's the married one is crazy. It's like, man, you're, you're basically the husband is fighting with the pastor because whatever the pastor tells the wife, that's what you got to abide by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, damn, you're yeah. still following. Yeah. It sucks. Oh, it yeah. sucks. It does. It does. But, you know, a lot of it has to go back to, you know, your your subconscious biases, your cognitive dissonance, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't fit into your belief system. Mm -hmm. So you have to put up that wall automatically and, yeah. and not do your research and not think outside the box. Right. Um, you know, someone can you – know, someone – I'll liken it to this, right? Everyone's like, Trump's a racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, why do you think so? Because yeah. the TV told me, right? Right. I'm not going to get into that because subject he, right he now, but immigrants. you know, yeah. but there's, yeah. there's a lot to it and how are words twisted and how does it, what is the mainstream and, media? Right. You know, and that narrative. was going to say, whatever they project is what and, people are going to believe. And it's the same thing in the church, mm -hmm. right? It is, mm -hmm. they spin something a specific way. The elders are held on to this pedestal because, you know, they're given more of themselves to this church. Supposedly. But these are the guys that are touching your children. These Not just the, that, sleeping these are, with your wife, exactly. or drinking, or These are the smoking. guys that are smoking. Oh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, we had an elder in a congregation who was kicked out for smoking. Uh, I don't know how many pastors that's. I can tell you right now, two of them were definitely pedophiles. Damn. I can tell you one of them right now is gay, but mm -hmm. he's married to his wife because he wants to stay in the church. Right, because right? that's his currency. That's his money. Absolutely. He's not going to lose that. I can tell you so many different stories, right? Yeah. And when you start to realize that the same type of people that are out there in the world are, in are even worse mm -hmm. in your church. Facts. Facts. That's why like when oh I start gosh. when I started dating, like all my Christian friends were like or my believer friends were like, that's because you're trying to date someone in the world. You need to date someone that's in church. I'm like, they're the worst ones. They are the worst They're like ones. God told me that this relationship is meant to be and then all of a sudden God told me this relationship is not working out. I'm like, what the God hell? God told me that your mom was hotter than you. I would tell you what story. Like I was walking in Richmond. I was on my way to the bar saying there was this big church that took over an old bank. So this was a huge church. Nice. So what was it? I don't pay attention to okay. that. It was no. a church. It was a church. It don't, it don't even matter. <laughs> the the name has this neither here or there. It's I was like, I can tell you it could be like um La Luz de Dios Más Allá del Puente okay. or something. I know like that one. <laughs> right? So, so I I'm walking down the street, right? And I hear this commotion, right? And I turn around and I go, Oh shit, it's going down in Richmond. And then I turn around and there's the people coming out of the church, the ladies slapping up this dude talking about, why did you do this to me? She's so and so's 
something, you know, daughter, something, something. And then everybody else comes out and it turns into this big old brawl in the middle of the street. And I'm like, oh, well, look at all these Christians fighting. I'm here. Look at this sinner going to work. Bro, yeah. you should have recorded just, it. You should have put a live this, video. This, you know, you don't play with God like that either, though. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's God's people. You know no, what I mean? Like, we that's, all that's, God's people. But you the know, good first and the bad. The first thing they'll tell you uh-huh. is... Well, brother, don't be stumbled by the way that people act in the church. (laughs) Look to God. Don't look Look to to man. Look to God. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're sinners and, you know, you can't judge Recycled verbiage. Recycled verbiage. It's like, that's how you go. And it's like, no, we're supposed to be holding ourselves to a higher standard, right? Right. We're supposed to be, and and Jehovah Witnesses believe that they are the one and only true religion and that all the... Religion eh, say they that. all do, right? Like, oh, Raider fans are Raider I will, <laughs> nah, I will tell you, though. I will tell you, the, the Catholics don't say that. That's not what we teach. I will tell you, I will tell you, I've never been to a Catholic church that tells you we're the chosen ones. If anything, we're the sinners. Like, you we know, know we're the... tell you that the Apocryphy, right, like the books, oh, what is it, the, the extra, what, the Maccabees, what do you call it? Oh, my God. Yeah, but not the Catholics. Like, Catholics yeah, are... Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's a little different, but when it comes to like, at least with the, with the Catholics, we never sit there and go, we're the chosen ones. If anything, we know that we're probably not going to make it in there. And that's why we got to go to confession all the time. And, yeah. you know, Ave Marias. But I will say though, when it comes to some Christian factions and Jehovah's Witnesses, you guys, cause I've had someone tell me like I was going to burn in hell. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, like I just, I, if you don't be a Jehovah Witness, yeah. you're not going to make it to paradise. If that's your way to recruit me, bro. What? That's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah. but that's, that's what we need to talk about too. Right. Which is. And a lot of religions do this. Jehovah Witnesses definitely do. Yeah. It is not today. It is you'll be happy in the future. You'll be right. happy once God comes and Armageddon yeah. happens no, and bro. you're living in a paradise earth. Yeah. And it's transformed like into a beautiful place again. But give blah, us 10% blah, 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 of your check. Blah. Yeah. It, you know, tithing. Ooh, yeah. Let's just talk about that. Okay. But, I'll let you finish. But this is, this is the problem, right? Which is in air, in any, awakening spiritually you should know that one of the biggest things is about living in the present mm-hmm. right right about being here enjoying time and you know i talk to my wife about this mm-hmm. all the time and it's so hard because you know we got two little ones in the home and it's like you just got off of work you just spent nine hours doing some bullshit right <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I love my job don't get me wrong i love what i do because it's about people yeah you know my job's about people um but you have a you know a nine ten hour day. You come home, and it's hard to be in the present, right? Yeah. But just imagine if you don't, like, how much are you missing out on? But the whole Jehovah Witness religion is based off of not today, sometime in the future in the you'll future. be happy, no. right? How is that? How is that living a, like a loving life? And your job is just to wake people up and and knock on doors and give them a watchtower, right? Versus saying. Why don't you enjoy every single moment mm-hmm. that you have right now with your wife and your kids and whoever else is right. in your life? Live in the moment. And if that means, and me and Ruthie were talking about this the other day, if that means I'm in the backyard having a couple beers with some, you know, family. Putting one in the air. And someone's putting it in the air. The kids are jumping on a trampoline. The kids are playing in the pool. That right there is life. Like, why would you want to wait for 
maybe something in the future, which has been saying – they've been saying for what, 2,000 years now? Yeah. Every religion has been saying the end's going to come. The well, end's no, going to come. The now end's the reality come. is – now the reality – let me just wake some people up. Now the reality is is the Bible says – um, what does it say? It says uh, our – what is it? Our God, who are, Father God who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus died on the cross for those Christians, my Pentecostal friends, the kingdom came to us. We are the kingdom. We are bringing the kingdom here to the earth. So as much as you enjoy the world, as much as you enjoy life, you're bringing it here to everybody else for them to enjoy. So the kingdom is here already. Oh, I believe that every single one of us is God. Mm-hmm. We're all one. We're all uh, connected. We're all in the universe. We, we all are energy. We re- We're all frequency. Yeah. 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 His image. I mean, the, the sad thing is what people don't know is how, how powerful humans are. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Especially when you awake, when you, when you're are awakened, when you're awakened to your potential and your, and how powerful you are. Right. So contrary to religious belief, religion wants to, wants you to believe. And some people still believe this and I don't knock it, which is. God created Adam and then he mm-hmm. created Eve mm-hmm. and then humans inhabited to the earth. Well, not if you do a little bit more research, right? <laughs> this is what I love about Johnny Not spit, if you do spit. a little bit more research. It was the dinosaurs, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> if they were even real. Right? right. But when you go back to the Sumerians, right, and you look at their hieroglyphics and you look at what the story that they were telling and how there's a connection with Anunnaki. And there's a connection with higher Anunnaki. Anunnaki are another tribe, right? Supposedly, uh, to dumb it down so that everyone can understand, Anunnaki are an extraterrestrial being that are super far more intelligent than we would ever be, or not even close to, and that they were here a very, very long time ago. So, if you look at the Sumerian, you know, hieroglyphics, it talks about an Anunnaki hybrid god actually king pharaoh's grandfather i believe was a hybrid so when you do the research and you really actually know ancient history and know that we actually came from something of that sort higher beings right Mm -hmm. they talk about angels that have wings and they can fly and all the above but people are not doing the research to understand how powerful we are we are 100 percent divine we have people that have mastered telekinesis we have people that have mastered all these different things that we were told that we are not able to do self-healing right the placebo effect actually happens 33 percent of the time in the healing process yet we don't talk about that we're so powerful as humans that we can heal ourselves more than a third of the time right that is not talked about um, telekinesis and future thinking and connection to the spiritual world or the universe, whatever you want to call it, and not understanding that maybe we were brought here by some type of higher being. We know we want to believe the Bible stories that these people, these slaves made these pyramids. Well, let's talk about the science of those pyramids and how clean those tombs are cut to where technology today still cannot even replicate those tombs right so if we don't have technology today that can replicate those cuts then you have to think differently well what was here before us 
who was here before us? How smart of an intelligence was here before us? There's pyramids everywhere, not just in Egypt, right. every single country, right? right? So if we really go back to the Sumerians and really want to believe that we came from some type of godlike creature, an Anunnaki hybrid, right? Well, we're a lot more powerful than what we think. And then religion comes in and it's about control. Right. To limit it's the power. To limit who right. you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And then politics come in. Government comes in. And then you have all the other subjects like we're being poisoned with our water and our food and in our air. Television shows. Vaccines. Internet, everything. Programming right. with TV. Mm -hmm. All of the above. Water. And then we've come so far away from who we really are as a human race. Like we're so far away from what we truly can be with our potential. And now we're stuck in this slavery system, right? This slavery system of religion, of politics, of Uniform, working for money. Structure. And if if we just had 1%, let's just take 1% of the world and have them manifest or meditate or pray mm -hmm. about a different future, we can start manifesting something different. I love we can this. start manifesting Preach. a whole different world, right? And just imagine, I said this to my wife the other day, I said, just imagine if all the good people in the world had all the money, right? But that's not what it is. We no. have the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers of the world, the Vanderbilts, we have the Bilderberg Group. We have all these elitists who control us in this downright slavery system. Right. And religion is just another layer of that. And it's so sad that people can't wake up from that because they've been told you got to have faith. And if you don't have faith, you're going to burn in hell for the rest of your life, <laughs> right? Right. And it's like, so you want to believe that your God will let you burn in hell forever right. when I want to believe that maybe I'm God-like mm -hmm. and I can manifest my own reality, right? right? So just to help people get free from um, from thinking that way and believing that way, like the one way that you can get free is by changing the way you think. That's called, um, that's called repent. The Bible speaks a lot about repentance and about repent, uh, for the things that you do and repent in reality means just change the way you think. And the only way that you're going to get that power, the only way that you're going to get that, um, that ability to heal yourself, to see things differently, to manifest what you want into the universe, into the world is by changing the way you think and having control over your mind. Like control the way you think, control how you feel. Cause this body that we're living in, it controls you, your emotions, your drives, your, your, um, what else? Your, your desires, all of that controls you. But once you get to the point in life to where you start controlling your body, you control your emotions, you control the things in life, then you can take over, then you start manifesting, then you become omniscient and all powerful. So I love that you, you, you brought that up. And that's one of the reasons why I brought Johnny onto the show is because he's, he's super cool. He's, he's amazing. He's knowledgeable. He's experienced. And that's why I have Mario here too, because he gets a different world, um, than from what Johnny and I. I'm a heathen. So. Yeah, he's a heathen. So he gets, he didn't experience this. He didn't experience this lifestyle. Mario's the type that's like, I'm running away. I don't need this shit in my I've, life. I've been doing whatever I wanted since I was 12. God damn it. Do, doing yeah. what he yeah. wants and doing who he wants. <laughs> no, that was Johnny. Getting uh, <laughs> kicked out of the church. Yeah, that All was right. Johnny. All right. We're going to sign off. I hope everybody experienced. I hope you guys grabbed something. I hope that you can take away something from this, um, 
this podcast. Uh, stay tuned next time. Let's see who my guest is going to be next time. Shout out to We Are Sacramento for sponsoring us. Shout out to Graceful Delight. Shout out to uh, George Fitness System. Thank you. I appreciate everybody. Thank you, Johnny, for uh, coming by and sharing your wealth and experience and helping hopefully at least just one person out there to just break out of the shell and the cycle and and the program. So I thank you for coming. I love you. you Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're going to sign off and we are um, wake up 916. See you guys next Monday. I love you guys. Peace.